Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 329. This is our weekly DC TV news episode. I'm David C. Robertson, and my favorite word is monosyllabic. And I, I, I love it because it means consisting of one syllable while having so many. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Do you have a favorite word, Jason? I'm torn. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Um, I I enjoy saying indeed. Uh-huh. It just feels so, so positive. Like, it, I'm just you know, real present when I get to say indeed. But mm-hmm. uh, the other part of me is, is a big fan of untenable. You do like untenable. I do like untenable. So uh, the third part of me is uh, another favorite of mine, reticent, to decide between mm-hmm. those two words. <laughs> I, I think your favorite word is bollocks. I do love bollocks. You don't even do it with like a hint of an accent either. you just like, bollocks! Yeah. <laughs> No reason to bother. No reason to bother. When an accent's required, I'll go take on and botch that accent. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, bollocks can be a perfectly American word. If we just let it, people, if we just let it, take on this word. It's a good word. It's a fine word. A fine thing. A strong, sturdy word. Or a, with girded loins. Or a floppy, you know, hairy word. Whatever. Has potential. <laughs> you know what made me think of the question, though, is I've been watching Young Justice. Hmm. The whelming and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, the whelming. Uh, can someone be dis- can, can someone be concerted if they can be disconcerted? Sure. Uh, that 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 sort of thing. From I'm assuming Dick. Oh my God. <laughs> Before the show, I. Uh, what in the balls of hell just happened? There's these little suction cup things. They're called piggybacks, and you you suction them on the back of your cell phone, and it like they have little legs, and it holds it up. It like, and I forgot that I just kind of while we were talking before the show, I just stuck it on like a little drawer, like a, one of these little plastic drawers, you know, like a little desk organizer uh-huh, thing uh-huh. that was above the mic, and I forgot it was there, and apparently it just slowly like peeled off and then <laughs> fell and scared the crap out of me. Of course. Why? Um. No, let's just keep that in the show. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Young Justice. Doing it up. Doing it Warding up. It watching up. that. Um, I am. I'm. I might kill myself if 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 McGon keeps going. Hello, Megan. Okay. But All right. I had this conversation with the listener before. Did you? Hang in there on that. Just hang in there on that. It's real bad. There's a reason. Okay. Because the show is otherwise pretty good. So far. This I'm like two, four or five episodes in. This two will pass. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I guess since I was talking about Young Justice, I'll jump into some animation news real quick. Uh, I'm super excited. Static Shock is coming to DVD. Yeah. Finally coming to DVD. March 28th, the Warner Archive, which means you're going to have to pay a little more. It's going to be 
Um, it comes at like a commission premium. Yeah, twenty four ninety nine. You have to order it from the site, or you have to. The pre orders are waiting for from the marketplace. Not the marketplace. What am I talking about? The um the archive. There's no marketplace. It's commission site. Um, now like we. I did like that was the case for Constantine as well, but then it did wind up showing up on Amazon for pre-order as well. So, you know, did it? you just have, it did. And that's how I got it. So if you Ooh. just, if you're just determined to do it through Amazon, you've already got everything set up, you can check back. But, uh, so yeah, static shock season one, please, please buy this thing so that they'll release the others, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Um, also super excited back in 09, they released Zeta project season one, but never season two. They're now releasing Zeta project season two. Again, Warner archive is announcing it March 14th. So March 28th for season one of static shock, March 14th for Zeta project season two. It again will be 2499. It was so ridiculously hard to find <laughs> in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it just it barely existed anymore. Like you might as well have called a local syndicate and asked if they had some backed up VHSs. Yeah, and you know, dude, you know, don't don't hold out, don't hold out for anything. Like don't be like, oh, we'll make a, a complete series. Maybe, maybe they'll make a complete series set. I don't know, or maybe they won't. Maybe they're judging the orders on this on whether or not they're going to make any more of anything. Oh no, so just <laughs> I think they're just going to make a few bucks off off some nostalgia and call it a day. But yeah. you can still get that. Well, I'm just saying Static Shock. I want the other seasons as well. So just you shell out your money, guys. Yeah. So we can <laughs> get gonna. that. Yeah. <laughs> Black Lightning has a lead actor. Uh, the pilot for Black Lightning, uh, they found Cress Williams for their lead. Um, <laughs> you might recognize him from Prison Break, Grey's Anatomy, Heart of Dixie, Friday Night Lights. Hell, he was even living single. But uh, we don't. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know this guy. Nothing. I mean, some of you actually. May, I, I, I did actually actually ask the wife. Uh, uh, she watched uh, Heart of Dixie, and and she says he's great. So oh, good. That's good. Good. Um, side note: Don't know the cat did, though. Uh, he did appear in an episode of The Adventures of Lois and Clark as Baron Sunday. Yeah. So this won't be his first DC Universe foray. Right. Um, I will say this. I looked at the picture. He does look a lot like Idris Elba. <laughs> Remember last week they were like, Idris Elba type. Because that's <laughs> a thing now. I don't know. Fair enough. I don't know. I mean, basic head shape, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I suspected I they thought caliber of actor. I was hoping. You know, who knows? Like, no, we just want to trick him. We just want to trick the audience into thinking they're going to see Idris Silva. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you start watching it, it's No, like no a, one's going to pay that close of attention at all. They're just they're just going to show up and, and see uh, see this guy. So uh, good luck to all of us. Yeah. It was like, they're going to think this guy's like an Idris Elba type. And then we get it and it's like, my name is Jefferson Pierce. Like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I really don't. I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> But um, they've they've it looks like they're gonna let uh, E.P. Salima kill, who was also the writer for the show, for Black Lightning's pilot, uh, direct the episode. So I mean, he's seems, been with the project pretty much from the beginning. Seems fitting. I mean, yeah, dude's been hands on the whole time. Let him go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Entertainment Weekly has learned from Andrew Kreisberg that Maggie, 
uh, we'll get to feature a little more than normal in an upcoming episode of Supergirl. He says there's a storyline coming up where it's not really about Alex and Maggie's relationship. It's more about Maggie as a cop getting caught up in the uh, caught up in an art heist. Nah, sounds cool. Yeah, sure. Actually, I mean, I like her character. I, I yeah, wouldn't mind that getting expanded a little bit. You know what? I just I just saw a thing that said that she's uh said she was somebody's girlfriend you know in real life and that was weird to me because I, I know i know her boyfriend her real life boyfriend and now <laughs> i can't remember who it was <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'll i wasn't gonna i shouldn't have brought it up but then i thought i was gonna remember it and then i didn't um <laughs> wait kyler huh kyler or maggie alex or maggie which one maggie no idea I have yeah. absolutely no idea what her personal circumstances are. This person entirely exists to me in this show. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Oh, okay, that would help. That's her real name. <laughs> That's a good start. Oh, man. That's a good start. Oh, Casey Affleck. That was what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he, I think he just won an Oscar. So, did he? I guess so. I don't know. I don't did they know. give out the name, uh, the the right name card? <laughs> I, I saw someone. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Scott of the Squadcast say Affleck was looked like he was proud of Casey. So I just, I think I just assumed a Squadcast was like live tweeting the Oscars. So I was just getting like every update. Oh, those said, those last uh, those last few minutes must have been fantastic. Eh, it was just you know WTF, and I was like. Something must have happened. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I'm not terribly interested in the Oscars. <laughs> I, I'm not, but I, I am terribly interested in, you know, nationally televised train wrecks. So mm. that must have been fun. Here's hoping. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Andrew Kreisberg talked with TV Line about some of the challenges that all of the CW production teams uh, have addressed over the years doing the crossover episodes. He said, uh, we're hoping to do a, a true four-way crossover. The great thing about our dear friends at the CW and network president Mark Pedowitz picking the shows up as early as they did is that it has allowed us to start building the schedules for next season. One of the big things we learned from two years ago, which made the crossover slightly easier this year, was built-in showdown days where shows just went dark because the single hardest factor in doing the crossover is actors' availability. He uh, also said, because we weren't aware that we were going to switch Supergirl from CBS to CW and it was really going to be part of the crossover, it was the lone superhero drama that didn't have any built-in shutdown days. Supergirl was the show we needed to shut down the most, so now that we've gotten the early pickup and we've started designing the seasons, we're building in those dark days, and actually more dark days on Supergirl than the other shows, to make it a little easier. Um, TV Line asked if we could ever expect to see an Earth-1 Kara make an appearance somewhere. He said the problem with that is if we do that once, we're going to open the floodgates of insanity. Adding that it would have to be a really good story for them to cross that line. I, you know, I don't, I don't think it would be a bad thing to open those floodgates of insanity. I really don't. Like, you know, if we could, I would be fine having like, uh... You know, Supergirl orders or orders a pizza, and Barry shows up and hands it to her. You know, and she's like, eh, "All right," or uh, <laughs> or you know, vice versa. I primarily what I want to see, what I would love to see, is I mean, gosh, I'd love to see so many things. Like, I would love to see a bit where you know, maybe I would love to see Kara show up on one of those shows as Power Girl and go try to figure out who she is because she's totally not the same 
person because she hasn't had the same life. Mm-hmm. I would love to go over to Earth 2 and maybe see Alex in some capacity show up. She never had a sister, nothing, you know, something along those lines is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I and I don't think you would I don't think you would necessarily have to open the floodgates of insanity. No, but yes. Sure. I, that that's <laughs> kind of the point is like as you've described all that yeah, we're we're getting into things. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like, I, I completely uh, feel for him. Uh, they've got this uh, wonderful sandbox to play in, but it has to be a certain size. Mm-hmm. Or their expectations for where they're going to take things uh, just grow to, like, unreasonable proportions. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I, I, I absolutely get it. You, you've got yeah. to be able to tell your story within your format and then every now and then cross over and, and do fun things. But Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to keep it manageable. Nah, man. Let's do this. Nah, screw it. Let's do it. (laughs) Now what? Monitors. Next episode. (laughs) Let's whip out that DC dick, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Use it like a bullwhip. What? Where are we, Solomon? (laughs) I don't even know what you said. Oh, one I day ima- I might know. Who knows? I just imagined you with like a really big Sam Elliott mustache. Yeah. I did that a lot. So I, Jeremy I've, Jordan. I have learned if I put out like a series of sounds sometimes. Right. People will just kind of go with it and move on to the next phase of the conversation. <laughs> That's fine. Right. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Jordan talked to Entertainment Weekly about what's coming up with Wynn and his new lady friend, Lyra. Is that was that what you said? I her name? Lyra. I thought Lyra. Lyra. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, can't say lady without saying it like that and being gross. I don't know. Lady. <laughs> lady friend. Lady. He said, uh, "In our world, strong-willed women." And women who are powerful in their own ways tend to have other things going on. So we find out that. There are secrets, but for the first few episodes that we see Wynn and Lyra, it's more about discovering how their relationship fits into this new world that we're discovering on Supergirl. I mean, I'm down, whatever. I mean... Yeah, sure. Mm-mm. I kind of like the idea that they're going to use uh, their relationship to explore where we are now in this whole... Uh, we discussed it the other day. Like, is, is you know, is it... Is it yeah. Are aliens open now? Or Right. I, I, I like them exploring the idea. Mm-hmm. Which I think they're, you know, and this this we were just talking about the other day. Yeah, we were just talking about also the other day that uh, you know what what happened with the uh, the president being an alien thing, and I guess we're we're getting that answered to some degree too, as Linda Carter's coming back to the show. We've we're, we're hearing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been established that Kevin Smith is coming back to direct another Supergirl, but he's stopping to show us a few onset pictures of what will be coming up. If you go to his Instagram, you see him living it up with Linda Carter. Uh, he actually does show off a uh, Legionnaire ring and says, uh, Forged from Valorium and Vanagarian Inth Metal by Brainiac 5 in the 30th century, I present the Legion Flight Ring as seen on Supergirl. Um, nice. <laughs> it's just awesome. I love that. Um, he's, yeah, pulling out the Daxamite technology. You got the throne of Daxam. Uh, with with the episodes writers, you know, 
He yeah. also took a minute to talk about uh, Alex and Maggie, saying the Alex and Maggie storyline has made a serious difference in the lives of some of the fan base, so much so that Glad nominated Supergirl for Outstanding Drama Series. Uh, credit goes to the honest emotional reality the Supergirl writers bring to the scripts every week, as well as these two amazing actresses' abilities to make us believe their characters are falling in love. Because in real life they hate each other. No, he didn't say that part. <laughs> um, um, see, I, was, uh, Terry I, was, Hatcher, I was actually pretty sure that like Glad was going to show up somewhere in the Supergirl. I, that seemed right. Oh, sure. Sure. They've been very, very supportive. Yeah. Sounds like they're glad, glad? Supergirl's yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Hatcher revealed on Twitter that Kevin Smith has a unique style of motiva- for motivating his performers. She tweeted, Do a great job on Supergirl this Wednesday and Thursday as you did today, and there might be a can of sparkly Play-Doh with your name on it. Apparently, Smith has been handing out cans of Silly Putty to his crew to reward good performances. <laughs> also, it would seem this isn't abnormal, since Kyler Lee Instagrammed last year a picture of the stickers she received for nailing a first take. Honestly, this is fantastic. <laughs> I just, I think it's just clear that Kevin Smith has a kid. <laughs> yeah, but like he's he's taken the the like the token economy concept uh-huh. and decided that screw it, we're all kids, and is apparently able to sell this to like entire like seriously. There's like a couple hundred people on set when when he's there, and at least several dozen that he has to like talk to on a, on, on the regular. Like he. He's just giving out stickers to a few people. Like, good job. That's a fan. I actually, you get I actually a Hello the, Kitty sticker. Here's some I actually love silly putty. And it, it works for him. <laughs> I actually love the, the concept that maybe there's a Jeremy Jordan or a Makad Brooks who's just sitting there, like, pouting because they didn't get a, a sticker. Oh, I wonder, though. I, I really did wonder, like, what happens when you don't get it on the first take and you look over at Kevin Smith and, like, do I get a sticker? No, bud. Sorry. Sorry. No. You're going to have to yeah. hit that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Andrew Kreisberg said recently about the possibility of a Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher reunion moment on Supergirl. He says, we'd love to. There's a plan if we can execute the plan. He also hinted that Hatcher's villainous role in Supergirl will be unlike any character I've ever seen her play before. Hmm. I don't know. She's pretty villainous <laughs> in Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that one. Oh, yeah. She was on Seinfeld. She was a uh, girl named Sidra. That yep. Jerry was really into at the she was at the health club, and mm-hmm. uh, Elaine decided to torment Jerry by telling Jerry that her boobs were fake. That so he like sounds to, right. He he hadn't found out for himself yet, so he decided to you know cut you know <laughs> stop don't go out on the date on the second date or whatever. Um, and then of course Elaine goes into the into the sauna. Uh, Goes to introduce herself to the girl, to Sidra, and he she trips and, like, falls on her boobs and then comes back and tells Jerry, yeah, they're real. And then, of course, they go on the, a second date. He convinces her to go out with him again, and Lane comes over, and she sees Elaine and goes, oh, my gosh, you sent her into the into the thing. Of course. To spy and see him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You sent her to spy on my boobs. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And it, it's got this famous line where she comes back in after she walks out. She comes back in and she goes, by the way, they're real and they're spectacular. And then yeah. it comes back to bite them in the final episode when they're in the trial. She comes in to like testify against them <laughs> that they did this. And she's sleeping with their lawyer, <laughs> who's played by Philip Morris, the guy that played Martian Manhunter on uh, Smallville. Nice. And um, 
he was just he was a Johnny Cochran parody. So at, she tells the story and she you know leaves, and he looks over at Jerry and goes, and by the way, they were real and they were spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's the only like episode I actually watched was the sign off. <laughs> the sign off. Yeah. For Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. It's the only one I strove to watch. It was never my show. Right. No, no. And that pains me. I know. <laughs> it's always been a source of discontent between you and I, but yeah, it's all right. No. <laughs> you usually seem to, to to enjoy my retellings of the episodes more than the actual the episodes, actual episodes. Yeah, I actually enjoy you telling me about the script more than I enjoy watching the actual episode. I, I, I've never been able to make heads or tails of it. Yeah. Them. I'll tell you a bit from Seinfeld and you turn into Chief Wiggum. Yeah, that's a good bit, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> Bake him away, Tom. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> a mysterious, darkly clad figure with some possibly familiar white hair has been spotted on the set of The Flash. It's hard to tell exactly, but it appears the new guy is about to make a run with Barry and maybe shielding him in another picture. Fans have obviously been speculating that the new guy is Max Mercury, but no official word is available yet. Also, inexplicably, Kevin Smith is on set and talking to this new figure. He's filming Supergirl right now, so this might just be a case of dropping by to say hi. I don't care if it's Kevin Smith or not. I hope it's Max Mercury, though. Right? Like, I, I'm I'm really excited for you, Dave. I'm, I'm, I got my fingers crossed, man. I got my fingers crossed. I mean, all right, so he's he's already in town. He's already in town doing Supergirl. Like him hopping mm. by is no big deal. But what what seems kind of like an extremely obvious uh, take on on these pictures is like he's just sitting there chatting with this guy mm-hmm. that appears to be this Max Mercury ish figure that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense if the guy who's playing Max Mercury is like talking to Kevin Smith about like, so what do you know about this character? Like what, 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 like what, you know, what doing some motivation kind of research. Mm-hmm. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And <laughs> he kind of just, he's got some of the hallmarks. Like I, Dave, I'm rooting for you, man. I, I think, I think you might, I think you might be getting him. Maybe. I mean, I assumed if the show continued, we were going to get everybody, you know, you're getting accelerated, man. Like, as this episode will freaking air. Yeah. You know, like, I think if it's just one of those things where, like, if you're going to give me Accelerated Man to, like, the T, and you don't <laughs> give me Max Mercury, I am, there's going to be what are a we level doing here? pissed. What are we doing here? This is, it's going to be worse than that bit from the 90s Flash where they're, like, you know, bringing up Gorilla Grodd, but you never get to see him. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Um... <laughs> So, over to Legends of Tomorrow, Mark Guggenheim released a picture of the Legends season finale script cover. What it tells us is that the episode 217 will be named Aruba. It will have Katie Cassidy, Wentworth Miller, Matt Schechter, and uh, will include a role for J.R.R. Tolkien, who will be played by Jack Turner. Um, There's actually I, I a lot the, in that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, of course, I get the feeling we're going to get a lot of... Ray and Nate being geeks and Lord of the Rings and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which bore me. It bores me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see any more of it. (laughs) Here's my my hope. I actually want it to be like Victor, who's a big Lord of the Rings fan. Mm, Okay. That would be interesting. I want it to be someone else. Victor in particular. Right. 
It's going to be him listening to, uh, it's going to be him like back in the day getting high and, and listening to Led Zeppelin while reading J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, no, his Tolkien, uh, his copy of Physical Graffiti spanning right. around, just, just doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I just, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping for a better beard wig. What are, what are... <laughs> we have higher hopes for the costume designs here. Yeah. Or makeup. Whatever uh, you just, what, whatever that falls into. Yeah. <laughs> so after Rip's surprisingly menacing tenure as a villain, EW yeah, was good. wondering he's been really su- surprisingly amazing. I mean, not really, because I. Arthur Darvel's awesome, but great. Uh, EW, EW was wondering what Sarah might be thinking about Rip and his place on the team. Katie Lotz told them, in my head, Rip's done a lot of things to Sarah that she didn't like and didn't appreciate. <laughs> That's an understatement. Dum, dum, she, dum. Has a, she has a love-hate with him. Uh, sorry, a love-hate relationship with him already. She loves him, but she hates him, and that's kind of a hard thing to forgive. Sarah's not a saint. It's weird. All I, that sounds true, yeah. but it sounds weirdly disconnected. Yeah, it does a little bit. I don't know where they're going to go with that, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would think Sarah know, which should know, you know, how someone can be turned against people because of stuff. I feel like that's a scene that's coming. I mean, mm-hmm. that, like, Reverse Flash I mean, this is clearly not literally, his like, rewired his brain. Uh-huh. Like, her going in the Lazarus pit at this point seems... I don't know. Child's play? Yeah. I mean, she was murdered. She was <laughs> she was murdered by someone she loves who was under my control. Right. Forgave her. Yep. And once again, she's been... This, by the way, Sarah's been murdered at least twice now. It happens. <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> it happens from time to time. Katie Lott just, you know, takes the big I, sleep. Yeah, by the way, I love that they're like, we're going to destroy the Lazarus pits so that death means something again. All right, Katie Lotz, you're going to be on the Wave Rider, where death means nothing. Also, Katie Cassidy, that you're everywhere now. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I can start, I, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm going to move on, because, like, I suddenly realized that we were starting to sound bitter in our tone. <laughs> Uh, a screener talked with Wendy Miracle about Prometheus on Arrow and mm-hmm. what kind of inspirations they drew on when building his character. She said, one of the things we talked a lot about was American Psycho. What? Oh, we talked about who are the big manipulators. Yeah, we talked about who are the big manipulators, people like Hannibal Lecter and Kevin Spacey's character in The Usual Suspects, and also in Seven. We talked a lot about those types of villains and how to bring that element into the series because we were looking for something different to do in season five a way to change it up and make it different what do you want to bet that billy malone is prometheus okay that that's a real theory that's out there right now i would assume i mean what what are our options here because it can't be just like this bs about the guy's son we've never even seen this cat like it, it's pretty much i mean it, there are a couple of different bits it could be it could be thea yep it could be billy malone yep it could be Constantine uh, Kovar. Easily. And Tolly. Could be Anatoly. But because they killed Billy, I think it's him. Yeah, faked his own death and whatnot. Yeah. It, Absolutely. It's out there. And. Um, Ooh, it could be Lance. That's. It could be Quentin. That's a fun one. No, well, well, all right, no. I think that one's kind of probably. I hope wrong. not. 
Like they they played with that idea. He had the uh, they had had the arrow before. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that one's um, done. I guess. I don't I don't know though. It still could be Thea is is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. The bloodlust. The like who would do something like that from from Arrow uh, from Oliver last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, as he or as she dismantled <laughs> Susan, like just just destroyed her life. Um, mm-hmm. there's still a, there's still a lot of ways this thing could go. And this is something I really appreciate about where we are right now with Arrow. I care. There are a lot of places it could go, and I, I actually care. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that going last, you know, last season. Yeah. And the flashbacks are kind of just killing it. Yeah. Again, didn't care last season. Right. Me either. So, uh, Stephen Amell talked to Entertainment Weekly about Talia and the fate of the flashbacks. Uh, that Arrow has been using since, well, forever. Um, about the flashbacks, he said, I'm open and excited about any possible idea, whether there's or th- whether that's a simple flash-forward narrative that we carry through the season, which I'm hugely into flash-forwards, mm-hmm. uh, which I think we did to varying degrees of success in season four, if that means that simply the flashbacks do not exist anymore and it allows us to expand the universe in terms of focusing more on other people's backstories, not even necessarily flashbacks of people's home life, just their life outside of the Arrow Cave, I think that's interesting. Well, what can do that because, or sorry, we can do that because quite simply we have more time, we have more pages, we have more chance for dialogue. I know they're kicking around some ideas, but truthfully I have no earthly idea if there's any sort of element that we will be bringing into season six, or if we just simply acknowledge that we pitched the show as a five-year origin story and we got to do it, which I think in in and of itself is an accomplishment. There's not a ton left on television from new shows for two, from 2012. Just the fact that we made it that far is worth patting ourselves on the back for, ever so briefly. Uh, switching over to how Talia fits into the universe, he said, uh, Well, pay very close attention to whether or not she ever says her last name. She never says her last name. And B, I understand that this can get slightly confusing, but Oliver has never met, at this point in the story, Raish has never met Nyssa, knows nothing of the fact that Sarah is alive, is unaware that Malcolm was part of the League. He doesn't know any of these things. It's as simple as Talia is her own woman who sought Oliver uh, out because she thought he had the capacity to do good in the world. It is something that we address in the show coming up pretty soon. He also talked about how the current season's focus on Oliver's legacy and whether Oliver will blame himself for everything that's happened. He says, that's a trope that we lean on a lot in the show, but I don't I actually don't feel as though Oliver has done that. Obviously, he's responsible for the death of uh, Detective Malone, and we even reference in an upcoming episode that that's something that he's going to live with for the rest of his life. But I feel as though Oliver has really moved past the past the past where he might have been a little bit mopey. I've actually been thinking a lot about the team in general and everybody. This is not to say that they haven't gone through some aspects of tragedy, but Diggle was in a federal prison and is now, at the very least, seeming happier and on the path to redemption. We're moving into a very interesting arc for Felicity and a purpose for her that exists outside the team, which I think is incredibly important. Curtis is in a better spot despite the fact that he's having some marital issues. Renee was kind of a directionless individual until he found the team. Same goes for Dinah in terms of 
she was someone who was on a murder spree and then became lost because she didn't have a purpose anymore, and now she's finding it on the team. Even Quentin seems to be on the road back a little bit. Obviously, the main exception there is Thea, and I think that that's a significant worry for the state of his sister, but in general, I feel like there is a bit of sense of accomplishment. Again, it's not without tragedy, because that's the nature of our show. Okay, so that was a lot of stuff to process, and I... I'm with him on most of the... What the hell is that about Talia, though? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the the two salient points seem to be that uh, Talia may not be Talia, as we know her. And the tragedy part mm-hmm. may apply to Thea and may not. Like It, it mm-hmm. may express that there's an idea that there's going to be like a tragedy to Thea's changing role as uh, taking on like aspects of her mother. But it... Mm-hmm. it it may just lead to tragedy. I don't know. I, like it, the suspicion has been, and some of the clickbait has been that oh, Thea's gonna go. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. That's not clear in any way. But I don't know, man. Like the 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 Talia thing. I I I'm a little worried that because of the way he's described it, it's just kind of gonna mm-hmm. be one of those things where it's like oh, it's Talia, not Al Ghul. Right. Thanks for it's playing. Talia. Williams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Talia. What's your last name, Talia? Prometheus. Yeah. I, like, there's a genuine concern for me, honestly, on that one. Mm-hmm. I hope they make it relevant. I do. I do. Yeah. I have to say, though, the Prometheus, who is Prometheus thing, one thing, I mean, it, one thing that it doesn't have the last season had. It is the who is Prometheus is not nearly as big as who's in the grave. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, it's a good. That call. Who's, who's in the grave was who's like, in the grave was a big deal. We were worried what? about that every fucking episode, and we <laughs> like when we weren't worried about it, uh, we would like stop and and realize we weren't worried about it and call attention upon that. Mm-hmm. Like it was just always on our minds. Yeah. But you know what? This season is really good so far, so I'll take it. Um, Mark Guggenheim let Entertainment Weekly know what to expect about Oliver's inevitable return to the island, except he, you know, really didn't. He said, I can tease that it will either be by boat or plane. Yay! (laughs) He won't swim there. And he won't drive a car across the ocean. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. No submarine. Uh, He also said, I can also tease he won't be going back alone. All right. Like that—that um, that part's interesting. Like that. Kind who of. The hell does he go back there with? Mm. Mm. Seems like mm. someone's stranded when he leaves. I—I—I I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Miss Talia. Miss Constantine Kovar. Just wait a few weeks. Miss Billy Malone. No. Miss <laughs> Thea. No, it's gonna be actual Constantine that transfers him there. That'll be best mm. for you, mate. All right. <laughs> So I, I admit I I wondered what they were gonna do with this, and uh, now I have an, I have an answer. Vixen the movie has been announced. It's gonna be combining the first two seasons of the the CWC uh, animated digital series into a single story. They're also going to be uh, adding 15 minutes of never be, never before seen content. Uh, so we're, we're getting an extended cut of Vixen, guys, mm-hmm. and the special features. Uh, are going to be two Justice League Unlimited episodes that focus on Vixen and yeah. a new featurette. 
So that's pretty cool. The digital HD version will be available May 8th. And uh, physical copies will be May 23rd. And I will be grabbing that May 23rd copy. Because that's how I roll. Yeah. Well, you want physical. I do. Physical. Physical. I like digital, too. (laughs) So... Injustice 2 dropped a new trailer this week highlighting the Batman-Superman showdown we can expect from the game's story, apparently. Superman's regime is ready to roll, and Batman has to try to muster enough allies to stop the madness. Cool trailer. A few glimpses of story and tone. Kevin Conroy's Batman. Always welcome. Check it out. Also, the trailer does confirm Cyborg, so the list of uh, who still needs to be announced is dwindling. Uh, there are Arkham Origins 2 rumors. Uh, I think it's, they're calling it Arkham Insurgency. Uh, Redditor dropped a long list of details about what he or she claims is an upcoming origin sequel from WB Montreal. It's uh, just a Reddit rumor as of now, so you know we're not going to go into details. But if you want to check it out, it's a very long post with a lot of stuff to chew on. Uh, DC All Access has made some additions uh, to quote from Paul Malmont. DC Entertainment's Director of Interactive Marketing, DC All Access, has solidified its position as the one-stop source for the latest news hitting the DC Universe by adding Rahul Kohli and Whitney Moore to the series and expanding Tiffany's role in in covering TV and film. The show is becoming bigger and better than ever before. They're also planning to skew a little lower in age by adding a show called DC Kids. DC Kids fans Jet and... Annalee will be headlining their own show that will include unboxings, demos, action figure reveals, toys, DIY segments, recipes, competitions, and activities of many sorts. I kind of want to watch this. They'll even be on location. (laughs) Most of that sounds amazing. They'll even be on location at New York's Toy Fair. I'm definitely watching that one. The new new show (laughs) premieres March 3rd on YouTube. Scott Gordon, director of digital marketing at Warner Brothers Consumer Products instead of the new project. From DC Superhero Girls to Teen Titans Go, there's a massive fan base of young viewers looking for the latest news, products, and content about these iconic characters. We're excited to partner with DC to launch DC Kids as a new way to directly reach these passionate fans and create a space that is specifically geared to a young audience. Get them while they're young. That's right. That's the spirit. Yeah, like Joe Camel. Yeah. (laughs) That cowboy. That uh, didn't work. Except it did. <laughs> you ever, did you ever see the uh, the Dennis Miller live episode where uh, Norm Macdonald talks about <laughs> Joe Camel looking like a cock? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, you know, it's like kind of look very phallic. Yeah, he's like, you know how he, he's like, it's like the hidden picture, like those pictures of the hidden picture. Except in in this case, you have to find the damn camel. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> it's like is that is that like a candelabra or two or two faces oh no no that's that's a camel i understand now oh yeah anyway um <laughs> man i've been i've been seeing all this news like i wasn't gonna say anything about it because i nor- don't normally but the, the, all this news about toy fairs that they've been having nah. and uh new york toy fair and different things and uh They've had pictures of all the new action figures and stuff coming out, and uh, man, I've, I've man, oh gosh, they're doing 3.75 inch action figures of Batman 66. Like Funko finally got their 66 license. 
And the article I was reading was talking about how like a lot of the companies that have the Batman, the classic Batman TV series with West, you know, and uh, Burt Ward, mm-hmm. now most of their licenses are running out and kind of petering out. But like Funko just got their license, so they're just really gearing up, <laughs> and um, which is awesome because Funko is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, they had all of these like action figures. 3.75 action figures, which is good because it means they're going to be a little less expensive, you know, for people like me. But, um, I mean, dude, they had, they had Adam West, they had the Burt Ward, but they're like a little kids here, a little shorter. Like I've got all the, uh, the Mattel 66 series. I've got a NECA 66 Batman. Um, but I'm, but dude, they, they've got, they've got bookworm. Oh, they're doing bookworm. Damn. I'm I'm buying like I gotta have another Roddy McDowell figure in my collection. I've already got uh, TAS Mad Hatter. I'm doing Bookworm. They yeah. have King Tut. They have Bo- like they have two of the Mister Freezes. Uh, the license apparently includes the Eartha Kit Catwoman. They've already got the Julie Newmar Catwoman. They're doing. They've got Batgirl. They've got a, a Batmobile for their those 3.75 inch figures. Jesus. They have they have the Adam West Batman from the screen test. Oh God damn. Where he doesn't have the they don't he doesn't have the yellow oval around the bat symbol. It's like classic old timey Batman. Um, they have you know a couple of different Riddlers. It looks pretty dope. <laughs> so <clears throat> you know, so very <laughs> I'm need a exciting shelf. I'm gonna need a bigger shelf. Yep. Guys. <laughs> That's all I've got for this episode. It looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you would like to uh, saunter in and you think we deserve it, you can write us a uh, five-star written review on iTunes or Stitcher, and that will get you entered into the giveaway, the graphic novel DVD or Blu-ray giveaway. One in ten win. Random number generator on random.org will determine whether or not you are the winner. It's a fairly simple process. Straightforward. Straightforward is all get out. And uh, we have three... Three slots open for the giveaway number four. So, you know, hurry up, do this, see if you win. Uh, you can only really win or enter once, though. So now that we've cleared that up <laughs> with an, someone who reviewed twice, once. Um, Good for them. Well, twice. Once, twice, once, twice, once. Anyway, um, you can Separately. find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, dconscreen.com for every episode. Because you know what, iTunes, Stitcher, they can, they have a cap, like they kind of run out, and we're well into well over three hundred episodes in. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah, you can find every episode though, dconscreen.com. Until next time, where we'll be talking about recaps and reviews, Supergirl and the Flash, and all sorts of things, reviewing things. Keep some DC on your screen. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.